Welcome into the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas beat Iowa State at home on Big Monday. But not a ton to talk about from that game. Iowa State was without uh, star point guard Tyrese Halliburton, who is out for the season. Uh, so we're not going to focus a whole lot on the Iowa State game itself. Focus more on the upcoming contest with Baylor this Saturday and focusing on kind of the big picture aspect of this game, what it means in the Big 12 race, and maybe some things narrative-wise that are important to note going into the game. Um, I guess starting off from a big picture sense, this is kind of the game for the Big 12. Recording this shortly after uh, Baylor beat Oklahoma 65-54 in Norman. But this now basically is the uh, de facto game for the Big 12 title, uh, or at least to get Kansas back into it. Uh, theoretically, you know, entering the game now, Baylor is going to have zero losses in the Big 12. Kansas will have one. Uh, and basically now if Kansas goes in and loses to Baylor, it makes Kansas winning the Big 12 title outright uh, pretty darn imp- not impossible because crazier things have happened, but it would make the road to claiming a sole share of the Big 12 title as uh, really tough to tough to happen. But if Kansas is able to win, then Kansas will control its own destiny from here on out. And even at this point, Kansas technically controls its own destiny because if they win and win out, then they will at least get a share of the Big 12 title. Now, you, you dig a little bit deeper and you look at the remaining games after this Saturday game, Baylor plays Kansas and then will host Kansas state. You'd have to say that's a win for Baylor. They go away to TCU. Uh, as much as I think you'd like to think that TCU could put up a fight. I do think that Baylor defensively is just going to have too much for TCU, but then that final week is where it gets real tough for Baylor. They go, to West Virginia on the final day of the Big 12 season on Saturday, March 7th. And before that, Monday, March 2nd, they will play at home to Texas Tech. So if you were to look in a big picture sense for Baylor, the final five games of the season, I think you'd probably say that they'll go 4-1. and one. I, think that, I think that is probably the, if you were to put your money on it, 4-1 and one I think is probably where you'd sit. Uh, I, I do think that you know right now, if you look at some of the advanced metric sites, Kempom does have uh, Baylor as a favorite over Kansas by one point. If you're into the uh, you know the percentages, it's a 54% chance for Baylor to beat Kansas. Uh, so that's definitely going to be the flip of a coin game for uh, Baylor and Kansas. But you look forward then. I think the game that you probably look at as much as I think you would think last year's Texas Tech team would have a really good chance of going into Waco and winning that game. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Texas Tech has the firepower to go in to Waco and win that game. So then it comes down to West Virginia on the final day of the season. West Virginia has been a little bit of a dumpster fire the last two weeks. Uh, They were down to Oklahoma State earlier today. They, of course, lost to Kansas. So 
West Virginia stock is definitely not as high as it could have been. Now, from a Kansas perspective, this is where things are, are definitely interesting because you look at who Kansas then has to play. So you play Baylor on Saturday. Then you play Oklahoma State at home on another big Monday. Uh, I think you could say that's a win for Kansas. Then you have the return game at Kansas State on the 29th of February. Uh, as much of a raucous environment as that will be and as much of uh, a fun environment that will be to be there, uh, I do not think that Kansas State will beat Kansas at home. Okay, so then you get into the final week of this season, and Kansas will play at home against TCU on senior night. Don't think that's going to be a loss. I, you know, go out on a limb and say I'm not not thinking Kansas is losing on senior night to a TCU team that at that point I don't believe they will be in contention for the uh, for the NCAA tournament. So then you get to the final game of the season for KU and it's at Texas Tech. Now, if you were to power rank the games remaining, I think you'd probably say that, you know, for both Baylor and Kansas, you know, their own games against each other are probably the two toughest. Uh, but then you go probably Baylor's game against West Virginia, KU's game at Texas Tech, West Virginia at home to Texas Tech, West Virginia at TCU, and then probably KU uh, at K-State probably in terms of toughness. So for Kansas, if you do go into Baylor and win the game, there is definitely a roadmap for you to winning the share of the Big 12 title. Now, it would not be the first time that a Kansas team has gone into a tough road environment uh, with the opportunity to put itself in position to control its own destiny and win the league title. You I mean, of course, not last year's team because that team was atrocious on the road. But you think about the year before that, the game at Texas Tech where Devontae Graham goes absolutely nuts in the second half and propels Kansas to the win to clinch uh, the 14th straight. You go the year before that, you know, KU went into Waco and won a big game there in mid-February. Uh, and even down the stretch, won some big games as well. The year before that, the, uh, the Buddy Heald year, KU went into Norman and beat the Buddy Heald Oklahoma Sooners. So if KU does this, it will not be the first time. And of course, you can date back to you know the Sharon Collins days of going and winning those big games. But this is things that Bill Self teams have done in the past. And I don't think that that can be understated, that this is something that, and maybe not necessarily for this crop of players right now, outside of Doak and Mitch Lightfoot uh, in terms of just guys that are on the roster. Uh, and Marcus Garrett, too. Can't forget about him as well. Uh, but those are kind of the guys that have been battle-tested in these sort of situations. You know, Devon Dotson hasn't really been in those situations before. Uh, Ochai same thing applies for him, too. So this will be an opportunity for some of those guys that have been there and done that, the Marcus Garretts, the Dokes, to take on that leadership role in what will be a tough environment for college game day uh, at, for the 11 a.m. tip. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching staff for KU, you know, instilling confidence in these guys with, with the scouting reports and the game plans uh, and all of that. But I think at the end of the day, too, you look at the talent, and the talent for Kansas uh, most often is going to be better than the talent of the Baylor team or whatever team you are playing up against. Um, now, in this specific instance, I do think that this Baylor team and the Kansas team are matched up pretty well. Um, I think if we'll dive in now to 
the the first meeting between the two teams. I think that the injury to Devon Dotson definitely played a big role in that. I think when you look at the way that these two teams are stacked up against each other, it's one of those where if both teams are at full strength and playing well, then they are just about equal. Um, they both do different things well. You know, Baylor defensively uh, is is super good. Uh, KU defensively is good as well for different reasons. Both do take a little bit from that Texas Tech no middle scheme, but they're different variations with in and of itself. Uh, but you look then and at the rosters, and basically, if one player gets hurt, then that tilts the scales. And I think that's what you saw in the first game. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with the narrative of Baylor went into Allen Fieldhouse and won wire to wire. You know, Baylor was definitely the better team for the majority of the contest, but I, I think that that would also do a disservice to the way KU played uh, for the majority of the first half before things kind of fell apart in the final five minutes of the first half when I think at that point, you know, the hit pointer injury for Devon Dodson uh, continued to worsen throughout the first half. Uh, he suffered it early on in the first couple minutes of the game. And having rewatched the game, you, you kind of watched Devon in terms of the explosiveness. And you could just see that throughout, as the first half went on, it kind of bothered him. Uh, the explosiveness wasn't there. The aggression wasn't there. And then you get into the second half and he takes himself out of the game. So then all of a sudden that second half starts to get away from KU. But then Marcus Garrett does a great job with his driving ability and getting to the rim on a couple occasions. Uh, he makes it a five-point game. Uh, Baylor makes another little mini run. Then KU is able to cut to five points again. And then Devon Dotson comes back, and he's just not the same player. Uh, I think it was pretty clear to see, you know, again, the explosiveness, that just wasn't there. The decision-making wasn't there. There were a couple times where there were some looks uh, in terms of when he was driving where he was at 100%. I think those are some passes that he maybe could have thrown. Instead, he gets kind of stuck in the middle of the lane with not uh, a whole lot to do. So in terms of the Devon Dotson factor, I think having him back to nearly 100% is a big deal uh, because I think you could see with the Kansas team against Baylor that when they had Devon Dotson at full strength, you know, they were evenly matched with that Baylor team. But then as soon as Devon Dotson kind of deteriorated health-wise, that changed the game. Uh, I think something else, too, that definitely is worth watching is how Baylor guards Yudok Azbuke. Because Baylor had the most success out of anybody this season uh, in slowing down Doak and making stuff real hard for him. Uh, you know, Doak got shut out in the first half. He didn't make his first field goal until uh, in the second half. It would have been the 14-30 mark of the second half. Uh, so Baylor was able to shut him down by fronting the post and then having a back man uh, kind of run the back channel, the baseline, uh, and cut off any sort of over-the-top passes. And if you have listened to the podcast or watched KU this season, you'll know that this is not a good passing team for Kansas. You know, I, I, I like to reference it because I think it's just such a funny play in general, but, you know, Ojai Baji tried to throw an inbounds pass or a, a post-entry pass to Doak and accidentally made a three-pointer. Um, I think that just showcases in terms of big picture just how not good this team is at passing this season. So that's something to watch uh, from the first minute of the game is how Baylor guards Doak 
because if they do do the same thing that they did uh, last game, I'll be interested to see what sort of counters Bill Self does have if Baylor decides to front and then have the second man run behind, which was Mark Vidal for most of the game uh, in Lawrence. So those are just some of the big picture things to look at going into the game. Um, Now, in terms of for KU, what needs to happen for you to win this game? Uh, You know, of course, the the stat that I've talked about on the podcast and I wrote about, but, you know, that KU is, uh, it it would be what now, 20 or 33 in two, I want to say now, when Doe scores 13 points or more. So, of course, you need to get Doak the ball, get him the post touches. But if Doak isn't able to get the efficient looks, if Baylor does do a good job of scheming, kind of maybe not Doak out of the game, but making things hard on him, I think the things I'll look look for early on, uh, how is Devon finishing around the rim? I think that's something you can see early on in games is sometimes uh, Devon's finishing around the rim can be loose. And I think that can happen when you – are a you know a six foot point guard trying to go and finish amongst the trees, you know time and time again. There can be times where the finishing and that touch that you have to have may not be there. So that's something to watch within the first couple of minutes. Is how is Devon Dotson's touch around the rim? Uh, are Ochai Baji, Christian Brown, and Isaiah Moss are those guys making threes? Are they spacing the floor? What do they look like if their threes aren't going in? You know, for guys like Christian Brown and Ochai Baji, are they attacking the rim? Are they attacking closeouts if those threes aren't falling? If it's Isaiah Moss, how is he doing defensively? You know, if those threes aren't falling, is he gonna tune out defensively? Is he going to commit the and one fouls we've seen him do this season, or will we see him more as the kind of tenacious defender on ball that we saw against West Virginia? Um, so, you know, these are just big picture things to kind of look for within the first couple of minutes of KU's game against Baylor because. Those will be the indicators uh, for the rest of the game of how KU could do. Uh, and if KU comes out flat, which I, I highly doubt, but if KU does come out flat and Baylor does come out with a ton of energy, I'm not necessarily sure if this is the right sort of team for Kansas that can play from behind against a Baylor team. Defensively, that is so good, but also has guys in Jared Butler that can go get their own shots at the other end. So that's going to do it for the Fog Dunnett podcast today. As always, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Uh, as always, we've got all sorts of great KU basketball, KU football content on Fog.net. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, I've got a really good film room out on Christian Brown. Um, I've been wanting to do this one for a little while and finally got enough uh, clips to do it. So really happy with the way that that turned out. But you should definitely check that out if you are a VIP subscriber. If not, you can get started for $1 a month. Uh, and if you like what you heard as well, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at mswain 97 and keep those ratings and reviews coming on iTunes. Always appreciate those. And with that said, we will talk to you next week.